Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air, everywhere. It's the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G. As we are working on what is considered by most a holiday weekend. It's a weird schedule, though, Danny, because the 4th of July holiday, not actually until the middle of the week, but they don't put holidays in the middle of the week the way that we do things around these parts. So you have to celebrate early which I'm guessing will just mean people celebrate every single day, all week, and into next weekend. It's going to be an entire week of projectiles, explosives, fireworks, barbecues, burgers, hot dogs, the whole thing. For sure. And you know there's going to be all the drive-by, two in the morning, throw a firecracker out of my window, the car revs away. This has been going on for weeks already in my neighborhood. Yeah, it, it has been wild the last few years. It's in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, when everything was closed, it was like being in Fallujah. What's the uh, town in Iraq there? Fallujah. Yeah, it was, of course, uh, metaphorically speaking, uh, but it was it was insane. It, it, it was the wildest thing. It's like being at Disneyland. But there's like 78 Disneylands all within like a mile of your house. It's it's nuts. It's also like that when the Dodgers won the World Series in 2020. 
Well, one of the great moments in the hardest World Series of all time to win the 2020 World Series. But we will not get into that here. We'll save that for the radio show. And we we were a little backed up on this. Now, we're going to get to the mailbag. We have some great questions by wonderful fans of the show. We did not get to the phrase of the week. And we did not get the pop culture yesterday. So we have the phrase of the week and pop culture. We start with the phrase of the week. Not the word of the week. The phrase of the week. And the phrase of the week this week is giving someone the cold shoulder. Have you ever used that, Danny? Do you ever say, oh, man, I got the culture. When I was dating, women would give me the cold shoulder Almost every one of them. I mean, they women were like Jedi's at the cold shoulder. <laughs> uh, so I'm very familiar with not giving someone the cold shoulder, but being the recipient of the cold shoulder. I've gotten a lot of cold shoulders, Danny. A lot of cold shoulders in my time. Because of Jay Z, we talk a lot about dirt off the shoulder. Cold shoulder reminds me too much of my mom for me to use it because she would say things like. Don't you dare try to give me the cold shoulder. Uh, that's good mom right there. You can't disrespect mom. You're, you're my move. Um, but <laughs> if you don't know what it means, because it's kind of an old term, it, it means to treat someone in a hostile, unfriendly way, right? Be a dick, essentially, is what it means. Don't be a dick. Don't be just not treating someone like they're not human, right? You know, they, they don't exist. This phrase, giving someone the cold shoulder, interesting to note. It is believed to have originated in medieval times. It goes all the way back to medieval times. You know what people in medieval times thought of medieval times? They thought of them just as times. They didn't realize they were medieval times. They were just living. Anyway, in medieval times, when someone had a guest over at their house, I find this fascinating. It was considered impolite to ask the guest to outright leave. You couldn't just say, get out of here, you peasant. Even in medieval times, people had decorum and they, there were certain ways you were supposed to act. So instead, they had a custom. And what the custom was, when the host gave the guest a piece of meat from the shoulder of, of his, uh, whether it was a pig or a beef or a mutton, and it was already cold, so pork, beef, or mutton, already cold, that was the, that was the tell. That was the sign that the dinner was over and you get your fat ass out of the house, get ready to leave. So, <laughs> so the cold shoulder was actually shoulder meat. It was shoulder. Exactly. So giving someone the cold shoulder was literally giving someone the cold shoulder of a pig or a cow or whatever. And uh, that was the sign that, Hey, the party's over. Get the heck out of here. Isn't that fascinating? I think that's fascinating. I think that's wild. And, and it's still a version of it is still used not as often anymore in today's modern society with technology and all that. So giving someone the cold shoulder, the phrase of the week. Now we go to pop culture and that means Ohio Al. So Ohio Al, do your thing. All right. Uh, very nice. So, so these are some of the stories that did not make the air, which is pretty much any story this week because I was not on the air. Uh, so these are some things that I thought were interesting that I, I came across when I had some downtime when I was not 
sweating like a uh, a sinner in church, uh, just uh, going crazy there. So uh, microscopic Louis Vuitton handbag selling for over $60,000. It is smaller than a grain of salt. Have you seen this, this story bouncing around this week? Pretty crazy, man. People, certain people have so much money. I saw a story this week, New York has more millionaires like 300,000 millionaires, more millionaires than any other city in the entire world. That's and nuts. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Anyway, so this story comes out of the uh, the New York Post. A handbag that is so small it requires a microscope has been <laughs> sold for over sixty thousand dollars. Why would you? Why would you do that? <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, it was a in. Uh, Louis Vuitton inspired neon green miniature purse was created by a Brooklyn based art collective. And it is smaller than a grain of sea salt and narrow enough to pass through the eye of a needle. Yeah. It measures uh, 657 by 222 by 700 micrometers or less than 0.03 inches across the handbag, which is sold for uh, it sold for sixty three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars, was made using a three D printing technique, usually used to make uh, mechanical biotech structures. So, Oof. yeah, a full size Louis Vuitton bag goes between three thousand and four thousand dollars. And Stupid. so, this yeah. is ridiculous. So, to show it to people, do you need to walk around with a microscope? Yeah, it's it's pretty. Let me send you a photo. This is a photo of what the thing is on a person's finger. And somebody paid $60,000. No L.A. girl is going to be into this because it's not big enough to fit her little rat dog. Yeah. And here's what it looks like. Let me send you the photo here. I'll send you what it looks like. I mean, it looks fine in the microscope. How's that work at parties? You spent $60,000 on this. So it's a conversation starter at a cocktail party on the Hamptons. And you're like, hey, you got to see this handbag. Come to my microscope in my villa and check it out. It looks like a, like a little plastic piece broke off of a, a needle cartridge for a turntable. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's insane to the membrane is what it is. So next up on Pop Goes the Culture... Uh, I, I just saw this. Ed, they opened a Raising Canes in Times Square. Oh, yes. That's a slice of home right there in the Big Apple. I walked by it. They had a giant chicken finger in the in the French fries in the window. I did not actually go to the Raising Canes. I walked by the Raising Canes in Times Square. But they have a deal with Post Malone. And uh, he's he's got a partnership deal. So they, they have merchandise. Now, Post Malone is worth like $45 million. He's cashing in, right? And he's got a deal with Raising Cane's. And so they have these special collector cups. And there's four of them. And they're every two weeks. There's limited edition. And so if you love Post Malone, you got to get these cups. Right? These are big deals. And how do we know they're a big deal? Because uh, they're selling for a ton of money on eBay and 
those type of ways, uh, places. But hundreds of limited edition Post Malone cups have been stolen from Raising Kings. Stolen, Dave. Oh, oh People are stealing these, obviously, to sell them uh, on the internet. Uh, and uh, there's been a, a limited supply as it as as because they're limited edition. Uh, and in Houston, it, in particular, there was a robbery at a Raising Cane's location. The heist unfolded at the store located at the Galleria Mall there on uh, June 22nd. And they say that the the cups were stolen. 249 of the cups, the estimated worth of the cups, over $6,000. Wow. Yeah. So. Great. You know how to really confuse the TikTokers? Take one of those cups, go to McDonald's, and put the purple grimace, put the purple grimace shake into the Post Malone Raising Cane's cup. Well, then, then they're going to need like a therapy dog after that. <laughs> Two worlds colliding. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be bad, bad to the bone. Uh, well, here's a fun story from uh, the world of education. You're in education somewhat, Danny, and well as radio, you double dip and. A story that we talked about a while ago on the podcast, the teacher that had been let go after not showing up to work for 20 years. <laughs> and this is in Italy. And she finally, they fired her 20 years. She didn't show up to work. In 24 years at school, she missed 20 years. <laughs> and she was let go a few years ago. She After she randomly reappeared showing up to work for four months, and then people complained, like, who the hell is this? This Frostberg's mom? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the uh, Italy's highest court confirmed the dismissal. There's a legal battle. This woman says she's going to show up to court to defend herself. I got to hear that. I got to hear what she has to say, Danny. I can't wait to hear the spin on that. Uh, the, the, anyway, the school, the people in Italy said she was unprepared and inattentive and students refused to take part in her classes and she was distracted by her phone. Her defense of freedom of teaching was rejected by the court. And but she says that she's got a defense and she's going to have her day in a courtroom in Italy. Can't wait. I cannot wait for that. That'll be outstanding. On Pop Goes the Culture. We did very well with the podcast about aliens. I feel like we should talk more aliens on this podcast, Danny. People love UFO stories. Another UFO this week caught on camera by multiple individuals in Lost Wages, Nevada. Oh, Vegas is the new spot. Yep. The first witness filmed UFOs were in the sky for 20 minutes straight, according to... The latest second witness shared an image showing two interlocking white circular beams of light in the sky. And there there they are. Uh, video evidence of these uh, images and, and all that. And what are they? Who knows? But they're something. No more athletics. The A stands for aliens. The Oakland Alien. It is kind of wild that the government has said, hey, they pretty much confirmed we have alien material and we're trying to re-engineer it. 
That story came out this week. We've had people, multiple people say they seem seem to have spotted aliens and most people couldn't give two shits about it. That is wild. Are people so like worked up? It's like when I was riding the subway in Manhattan this week and everyone's in their own world. They're on their phones, scrolling TikTok or Facebook or Twitter. They're not even, they're just not, they're not paying attention. I'm looking at these alien, these orb video things. It's not, not too impressive, you know. I need I need some more bang for my buck, Danny, with these aliens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's too grainy. This stuff mostly looks like it came off a flip phone, as we've mentioned before. We need some high-def video of an alien close up. Like, I want to look into the alien's eyes. The big sure. eyes. They have big eyes. Okay. Like, like, I can't explain it. And big mouth. I want it to be like Men in Black is what I want. Yes. I want Will Smith to be on my TV with these uh, these things and uh, all that. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening let's get to the mailbag what do you say danny yes it's in the bag mailbag. all right ohio out thank you and the first message on the mailbag these are actual letters by actual fans of the podcast Sent in via the real fifth hour, real fifth hour at gmail.com, real fifth hour at gmail.com. And here we go. Mike in Fullerton writes and says, Hi, Ben and Uno champion Danny G. We're the best. That, but, uh, yeah. 
He says, what's your guy's opinion on Broadway? Would you like to check out some shows or would you have to be dragged there kicking and screaming? Well, Mike, you didn't know this at the time you sent the letter, but I did attend my first Broadway show this past week. And I almost did not make it out alive. My knees, I needed one of those saws, those bone saws from the, from the Civil War where they amputate your legs is what I, what I needed. Uh, he says, also, if you've ever been to New York, is it true that it smells weird? Uh, he says, please hurry back, Ben. Uh, going through withdrawals. I think, yeah. I think we answered both of those questions. Yes, it smells like urine. And my favorite time for New York is on a hot day, right around uh, 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night, walking around when they put the trash out. Because every day is trash day in New York. And that is just an amazing, pungent smell of the rotting food, the heat, the rats. I actually saw when I was walking around, I did my my walk around Manhattan to the different sports headquarters. Uh, the first thing when I came out of the hotel, which was kind of near Grand Central Station, I walked out and I see two giant rats running yeah. across the sidewalk to eat part of a piece of pizza that somebody had dropped on the street. And so that, that was like, nah, that's New York. That's, that's the big apple right there. That's, that's it. And the smell of piss, just wonderful, just freaking wonderful. Uh, so anyway, that, that, yeah, we did answer that. Uh, Fred in spring, Texas writes in, he says, hope the trip went well. Welcome back. Ben and Danny G. Uh, it says, Ben, you mentioned last week that your wife subscribes to numerous streaming services. Of these, which are your favorites? I, I, you know, I, I would tell you, Fred, I don't really have a favorite. Um, I love documentaries. It pretty much whatever has good documentaries I'll watch. I, I enjoy the scavenger hunt of finding really cool shit on YouTube for free. And there is so much full-length content on YouTube. It's just buried because you don't know where it is. You got to search the right words. But I get more joy out of that. And I have some some people on YouTube that I watch that make documentaries every week or every month. And I'm big fans of their work. I think they're very good at that. And so um, I, I can't say that. I, again, I, I guess Netflix is the one we watch most. But... That's more my wife's world than me. And uh, he also says, Danny, do you have uh, what streaming services do you have? Do you like mysteries, cop shows, family fair or other subjects? And do either of you like foreign shows with subtitles? No, no on the foreign shows. Netflix, number one, I'd say Hulu, number two, Disney plus max as it's called now which is the hbo plus a lot of good shows there and tlc on regular cable all those 90 day fiance shows the match me abroad and stuff like that and sometimes paramount plus because they have two really great shows that are prequels to yellowstone and that is 1883 and 1923 both really, really good shows. That's Paramount Plus for both of those. Yeah, so you, you're you clearly more educated on the streaming services than I am, Danny. And I don't, my wife loves subtitles. She loves watching foreign shows. 
that's not my thing. It's too much work. I don't need to be reading while I'm watching TV. I just want to watch. I want to I want to zone out, become a zombie. I don't need to be reading. Yeah, uh, and the dub overs are really bad because I need the voices to match the lip movement. That is correct. John in Northern Colorado writes and he says, guys, what's the difference between a thingamajig, a whatchamacallit, and a doohickey? I plan to organize the garage based on your answer. All right. Well, this <laughs> I would say the doohickey is the most important of those three. And the thingamajig is also important, right? Because how often have we said, I need that thingamajig that goes into the doohickey? The whatchamacallit, I would say, is lowest on that board. So if I were to make a big board, not a list, not a list, but a big board, I would put doohickey number one, thingamajig number two, and then trailing whatchamacallit. That's my list. Danny, how would you do it? As you do list radio, strike one against you. Strike, strike two is burying whatchamacallit. That's a great candy bar, first of all. Underrated candy bar. Thingamajig, it sounds like a dancing word. It's doing a jig. That's number two. No. You, you have doohickey number three? Yeah. What, a doohickey? What That's how... You might as well say you're going to um go to uh you said you've actually said it before uh when you talk about a party how do you call it you say uh, 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 hoot nanny hoot nanny no 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 new hickey at the hoot nanny oh, oh, listen when you when you first kind of like figure out the other sex you know if you're into that thing and you're you're making out the hickey that's a big relationship step when you get the hickey so a doohickey is that's very valuable when you're a young person in junior high school and you get that hickey. That is, oh my God, uh, that that is a wonderful mitzvah in your life. You're like, this is amazing. I got somebody that digs me and they gave me a hickey, a doohickey. Sounds rednecky. Racist. Well, like like thingamajig sounds better or what you call it. You know, how great is the name? The, the, and I did eat the candy bar. What you call it? Like the, when they came up with that. I, what are we going to call it? I don't know. Let's call it whatchamacallit. That's a, that's a name. That's the ticket. Yeah. It was really popular in the 1980s, if you didn't know. So we're dating ourselves. Chris in Maricopa, Iowa, writes, and he says, Ben, shouldn't NHL players be allowed to opt out of having sponsor patches on their jersey, just like opting out of pride jerseys? Why are people mad about the pride jerseys but not corporate logos? of which they may disagree if they bothered to research those companies. He says, is the only difference the money? These are only philosophical questions I have after listening to Friday's podcast from last week. Well, speaking of, of Pride, they had the Pride Parade while I was in New York, Danny, last weekend. And it is such a virtual signaling madhouse uh, that I... I, I I should have taken a photo. I didn't do it. We were walking to the subway near Grand Central Station, and there were people getting off the trains to go to the Pride Parade, and many of them were not wearing much clothing at all. Um, unfortunately, they were not looking the way, you know, normally when you see people who aren't wearing a lot of clothing, I kind of, you know, you enjoy that. That's an enjoyable experience. These are people, you know, much like myself, that need more clothing, that <laughs> were, were wearing less, less clothing. There were a lot of pasties. On the uh, on the ladies, um, which normally, again, you think that's a good thing. And then you learn that not uh, not necessarily 
a good thing. Well, hey, lady, put a big pasty on your face. Yes. Can you put a uh, can you put a burka on top of your pasties? Could that uh, anyway? Um, but the one thing that I think sums up the entire period of time we're in, there was this person who um, I don't know his situation, but he was he had a little cart out in front of Grand Central Station. And they had slapped the Pride logo on every kind of, to quote John in Northern Colorado, thingamajig, whatchamacallit, and doohickey. They had just put the flag, the Pride flag, and they were just selling all this shit. And people were buying it. Right? And they had the Pride flags, but they had like little coffee, little uh, coffee cups. They had um, like shot glasses with the Pride flag on it. And it's like they, they, you know, they were charging a few bucks for everything. It was probably illegally made. I don't know if there's official pride merchandise. And so this guy's hawking this crap. But I think this is a virtual thing. Virtual signaling part of it is people are kind of burned out on that. And yeah, the the, the thing that as far as can people opt out because they don't like certain sponsors, I guess in theory you could, but the problem is there are deals made between the union and the league's and so all those things have to be vetted and it's in the contract. You have to wear the uniform as part of the uniform. Like the pride things an added on bonus deal. Yeah. Promotional night. Yeah. So it's a different, it's a different situation, but if you want to do the slippery slope and where does it end, you could do that and your mind would explode and third rail, my man. It's the third rail. Ozzy was writes in from Western Australia. He says, big Ben and Danny G. I heard you say it was Mrs. Maller's birthday this week, and you can't give a shout-out to her or give a shout-out to my better half as it's her birthday today. Uh, anyway, uh, getting to the point, I was listening to Cavino and Rich uh, on their show on the podcast during the week, and I heard this clown, a Dan from Colorado, called in, and he gave them shit for talking about themselves and not sports, and then Danny G finally had to dump him as he said a word that the FCC does not like. So my question is, has there ever had an instance or maybe uh, how many times on any radio show, as I try to put these words together that don't necessarily go together, from Ozzy Waz, uh, has a caller given you absolute shit for what you're talking about? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I can go first. I, I've had people call up. Usually what I get, Ozzy Waz, and I, I don't know if this happens to you, Danny, is, you don't talk enough sports. I tune in for the sports. That's the hardo sports guy that's got no life and no other hobbies other than sports. And uh, and then the other people call up, uh, you're not talking about the team that I like. You know, yeah. that's the one we get being on a national platform across America. It's like, you talk too much or you're you're too much under the West Coast. You're too much in the East Coast or, you know, that kind of thing. What's the one thing all my shows I've worked on have had in common. Ben Maller, get to sports. Talk some sports. You guys are just playing grab ass. Yeah, yeah. And Clay Travis, what's all this politics talk? Why are you talking about race baiting stuff? <laughs> and then Covino and Rich, they're goofing around. They're just goofing off. We need some sports. <laughs> now, what's funny is I remember that Colorado caller. Yeah. We literally were doing a sports topic. What he was upset about was they inserted themselves into the topic and gave some personal examples of the angle that they took for the sports take. By the way, 
every program director, every consultant will tell you as a host, if you ever get a radio show, work, make yourself part of the conversation. Like, how do you relate to what you're talking about? How, how can you make it personal? That's just simple broadcasting. <laughs> it's broadcast 101 whether you're doing sports or news or whatever it yeah. was pretty funny because that guy went on to say you have hardcore sports guys there like dan buyer who he should be the one on the main microphone and no. so we're all laughing and everything and then after the call dan buyer very dryly says that caller had a lot of good points <laughs> well, I, I, on the on the overnight show, I get well. Eddie, you know, Eddie's the sports guy. You know, he doesn't goof around. Eddie's the serious guy. You're just a clown. You're just a goofball. And I, in my head, I always think like, man, how fucking boring would this show be if we just did Hardo Sports? I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to listen to it. I would think it would be the worst thing in the world. Same. The thing I love the most about your show and Covino and Rich is you guys do goof around and have fun. That's the whole point of radio. Exactly. But we both talk. We do talk about sports, but we do it. We mix in other stuff and have a good time. That's the key to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, thank you for that, Ozzy Waz. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening al from uh, last week he says i uh, don't really have a question it's more of a recap from last week's mailbag but that's back-to-back weeks alf has not had a question alf are you losing your fastball alf what has gone on are you having writer's block alf he says uh, i'm driving and in my mind i come up with perfect questions okay only to forget them when i get to my destination 
Oh, well, you could. What you could do is you could have your phone and then write a message on the notes on your phone. That's what I do. If I if I think of a topic like for a monologue or something, an angle for a monologue, I'll go to my notes and then I'll use the voice. And I like I'm driving. You're not supposed to do this, but I'll hit the button and I'll say, all right, you know, so and so about, you know, James Harden or something like that. I just text my ex-girlfriend and I say, save this note for me. And then I take a screenshot. <laughs> yeah, that's a solid move. I'm sure they appreciate that. Uh, anyway, uh, he, he says, number one, shout out to the listener that brought up your appearance on the Zabe cast as an intergalactic general in the Mallard Militia. I am ashamed to say that I missed your social media team's cross promotion of your appearances. That being said, I did listen to your most recent appearance and your take on aliens being drafted into professional sports was outstanding. Thank you. I love Zabe's great. Zabe's very, I'm a big fan of our, one of our old morning guys in the early days of Fox Sports Radio. And as I told Zabe, you know, radio guy, and I, I love doing that. And uh, that was fun, quirky, unique, different. Uh, it says number two, in regards to the new imaging, I do remember something about when you and the shift dodger hit around uh, round numbers at FSR, but yours was more of a jab at you and your haircut back in 09, Eddie's was more flattering. Yeah. Yeah. They made this nice imaging for Eddie uh, 20 years at Fox Sports Radio. And, uh, we got rid of him in 09, but he's back now. And, yeah. I do recall that. Uh, Alf also says, I lobbied for you to get the WEEI late night shift back when Mikey Adams got the axe. And Jason Wolf's entire response, he was the program director, that to me it was, Ben does a great job, period, hard stop. Well, that was very nice of him. It's good he didn't shit on me considering I was on WEI at the time. So that was nice. And it didn't work out, but I was I was offered a job at WEI, but not the not the not enough for me to leave the job I had. Normally when you leave a job to move across the country, you need to get a lot more money. Not the same money. A lot more money. Twice the money. Exactly. Otherwise, not worth your trouble. Uh, he says, the game show you were talking about, oh, yeah, this is it. Classic Concentration with Alex Trebek. That was the one. I couldn't remember the name of it. That is absolutely right. Good job by you, Alf. I loved Classic Concentration. And I could very rarely figure out what the hell they were. those little drawings were. Uh, Big Lou in the LBC has a couple questions. He says, for Danny G... Uh, why did we not have a Fox Sports Radio bachelor party for you? Strippers are people, too. Uh, probably because we're trying to cut down on STDs at the network. <laughs> yes, that seems like <laughs> we already had that one time with a big Christmas party. Yeah. Somebody somebody in management decided to bring some women of the night to the party. Some hookers and cocaine. Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Uh uh, it was wild. Anyway, uh, he says, uh, Ben, is the reason you hate mayonnaise because your mom forced you to eat it as a child? I don't hate mayonnaise. Oh, you hate it. It's I, a part of your infatuation with ranch. I don't hate. I hate ranch. Dressing. I I will tell you, Lou, what can Big Lou do for you? I can. I'll, I'll tell you, Big Lou, that the the hatred I have for seafood is because of my mom. And she would give me tuna fish sandwiches. I, I always wanted peanut butter and jelly, but she would give me a lot of tuna fish sandwiches. And I'm so old that the ice packs didn't really work when I was a kid. Oh. And she'd pack the tuna fish sandwich in the morning, send me off to elementary school, and 
the lunchbox would sit outside for uh, four hours, and then around lunchtime we would have it, and I'd eat a warm tuna fish sandwich. The boxes were made out of rusted tin. Yeah, it was disgusting. And so I said, when I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions, I'm never eating another tuna fish sandwich again. And I've never had another tuna fish sandwich in my life. And I pretty much blocked all seafood out other than beer battered cod chicken, uh, fish strip, uh, uh, fish chips, uh, fish strips with tartar sauce. If I could talk, that would help. So you were like Macaulay Culkin where all the kids scooted their chairs away from the table. Uh, yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Uh, Mikey D right or Mickey D writes in, he says from central Texas, on the mailbag, he says, do they surf on Long Island? And he says, what's your favorite New York City street food? Well, that's easy. I love the pretzels. I did have one. Wonderful, outstanding, great. Did you put mustard on it? I uh, did not. I, I wanted to. I didn't get cheese. I should have had cheese. That would have made it better. But uh, you got to dip it at the melted nacho movie cheese. That's the move. That is the move. And I, I. I've only been to Long Island a couple of times. I've never been to the Hamptons, which are on Long Island. But my experience with Long Island, there is no surfing. In fact, I don't ever recall people surfing, like legitimate surfing on the East Coast. I've been to Virginia, North Carolina, Florida. I don't, the waves just aren't big enough for like legitimate, unless there's some kind of storm. Um, maybe in the Gulf Coast, there's some way. I don't know. I've never seen East Coast surfing. It's like always been. Hawaii, SoCal, even like anywhere in the Pacific, in Northern California, you could. It's cold, but that's mostly SoCal, Hawaii, I think. So, what, but what do I know? I'm not a surf. Cowabunga, dude. I don't know. I have no idea. Are you a surf guy, Danny? Are you familiar with? I've been out there with a boogie board, not a surfboard, but yeah, it does definitely seem like a warm weather Southern California, Hawaii deal with big waves. The water is cold. The Pacific Ocean is colder than what some people imagine. So you do need a wetsuit. That's yeah, pretty pretty nasty. Uh, yes. Uh, next one from a listener from Pendleton, South Carolina. I did not get the name on this. Bad job by me. Bad job by them not putting their name there. It says, do you think another NBA team – was well, a sporty question. Do you think another NBA team will make the mistake of hiring Doc Rivers again Sincerely still bitter about the 2014-15 Lob City <laughs> Clippers. Well, I am also bitter about that. What is still wrong with the Clippers? From what I've heard, uh, the word is he's going to get a TV job at ESPN or TNT next year, so he'll be on television at one of the networks, and so he'll have exposure on the networks. And, you know, he's... You know, he's got the gift of gab. He's very debonair. He's a good talker. He's a good bullshit artist. And those are the people that normally gets the job. So I wouldn't be shocked if Doc gets hired, gets another coaching job in a couple of years. Good talker, unless he starts losing his voice. Well, he's a good talker unless he's actually in the huddle. Yeah. Telling a team what to do in, in a crucial situation. Uh, Robert says, uh, Ben, a question for you on the podcast. He says, what New York team do you despise the most? As a Boston guy, it would be the Yankees. For me, quickly followed by the Giants. Yes, I don't know that I hate any of the New York teams. Um, I guess the one that I get the biggest kick out of would be the Jets. The Jets fans. 
My entire life, every radio station I've worked at, there's been Jets fans, and they've always sucked, except for a couple years. But they're always convinced they're going to be good. It's it's really fascinating to me, the Jet fan. I would <laughs> say the Jet Met fan, those two, just nuts. Nuts. You just described 200 different Jason Smith promos. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just a wild, wild thing. But yeah, you know, I was in New York last week, and they're just freaking out. Like the Mets fans are freaking out, losing their shit because the Mets suck, and uh, they were supposed to be great. And the the pitching staff just blows, you know. And they and uh, it's just hilarious watching all these people like we were World Series favorites. I don't understand why is it not working out. Man, you missed the really bad Steve Cohen come to Jesus press conference that everybody was hyping up, uh, especially on the East Coast. Oh. Tomorrow, he's going to set things straight. Yeah. Gets in front of the microphone, bumbles and stumbles, says nothing, no passion, and basically just says, oh, the players got to play better if we're going to have a chance. Yeah, it was a, a waste of time. But yeah. the way the Mets are talked about, it's like this is offensive. And th- that, I would say the Mets even more than the Jets. There have been more times in the last 20 years where the Mets were supposed to be amazing. The amazing Mets. And they sucked and blew, and that was it. I mean, the Jets, it's not as much, but the, every draft pick the Jets get is going to be the next big thing. Greatest, yeah. you know, whatever position they're at, every quarterback, every coach. So that I'll answer your question that way, Robert. Uh, is there any New York team, Danny, that you you despise or? No, not at all. You can't say that even if you do because you work on the Covino and Rich show and you will be punched uh, right oh, in your face. No, I mean, I would have been punched when I told him that pizza in New York was overrated. I'm not afraid to say what I think about New York, but, I mean, you know I was a Patrick Ewing fan growing up. I wore his Georgetown uh, jersey as a little kid, especially with the G for the Hoyas gear. So I loved Patrick Ewing. I thought Madison Square Garden games were amazing to watch on TV. Um, and Yankees and Mets, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to. When I was a little kid, I saw Mike Sosha hit that home run against the Mets. What was that, game five? At Shea Stadium. That was Yeah, it's like, you know, we watched the Yankees and appreciated the great players they had, like Don Mattingly, and we were big Ricky Henderson fans. Yeah, when I got locked in Shea Stadium – I remember walking in that spot, the social home run ball landed in. And I was like, oh, this is, I remember this. This is. Yeah. <laughs> but my, I, I'd also call when the, uh, the Angels would play the Yankees on Channel 5 in LA, they would broadcast the games. And there was always some kind of ridiculous controversy with George Steinbrenner and the Bronx Zoo. And it was like the mid 80s Yankees had these amazing players and they sucked. And it's kind of like the Mets right now. They were supposed to be good, and they weren't. And the individual players would be great. Like Ricky Henderson would have amazing stats, and Mattingly would be an MVP, and Winfield would be hitting a bunch of home runs. But there's always something with Steinbrenner, and he was going to fire the manager, and he did fire the manager. So I remember that with the Yankees. Both of us being from Southern California, when we were really little kids, it seemed like Reggie Jackson was a dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the one anti-Yankees thing I can remember. Like my dad, even though I was a little kid when he was still around, him cursing about, oh, the pompous Yankees and how much of a dick Reggie Jackson was. That is one anti-Yankees thing I remember as a kid. 
Yeah, and then he came to the Angels after that. He took the money. Gene Autry, the singing cowboy, took his money. Rob writes in on the mailbag. He says, if Roberto is gone, I, here's another one. If Roberto is gone. Yes. If Roberto is gone to become a bus driver. Uh, ben, you better dust off your cookbook. Cooking with Roberto was a great segment. So, yeah. I think we're okay. I think we're all right. And again, it's what we all get used to. And we all have fun with our segments. And like I had so much fun with Tinderoni tips and it came to an end and I moved to the next chapter. Roberto's on to his next chapter. Yeah. I'm sure whoever gets that job next will have their segment and they'll have their funny moments and then you'll get used to that. And that's all it is. The unknown and not being used to something until you get used to it. Yeah, exactly. And we love Roberto. We miss Roberto. If you want to hear from Roberto, he did this podcast, a fiery, spicy, hot podcast, which is still available. It is up in the yeah, art. So, just a few Fridays ago. Yeah, not that long ago. Blair in Maine writes in. He says, I will call you when you get back to the show. I uh, says, I miss you. Oh. I will talk about my gold medals for the Special Olympics. How about that? Am I going to get in trouble because I'm going to talk gambling with Blair? You can now bet on the Special Olympics, and I'm going to bet on Blair. Is, he, is that going to get me in trouble? I don't know. I'm going to get banned from that. You're um, going to get suspended by the NFL. I also wanted to say, before I get 7,000 emails, did you meet Marcel in Brooklyn? Did you meet Steve in Manhattan? Did you meet Uncle Mo? No. I uh, did not meet those guys. I, I did not have enough time. I was only there, you know, I was there. I had family commitments and things. We had events planned and stuff. So uh, that was the main focus was to see family. I will be back to New York. I don't think I'll ever meet Marcel. I don't think he leaves his apartment unless Uncle Dynamite takes him to see somebody. Uh, maybe I'll meet Steve in Manhattan or uh, Uncle Mo or some of the other guys that live in that area that call the show. I did have some listeners reach out, say that they were going to they would be willing to drive from Pennsylvania and obviously Jersey's right there and Connecticut and things. But uh, I did not have enough time. And uh, I will also point out if you happen to own a restaurant in the greater you know New York City area and you're, you're, you're a fan of the show and for some reason you're like, hey, maybe I can host an event. Send me a message, and I'm not going back this year, but I might be back next year or the year after, and we can put something together and just help file that away, and we can have an event at your your restaurant, if you have Jersey, anywhere in the tri-state area, Connecticut, New Jersey, or obviously New York City would be preferred, but within reasonable train distance, that's not going to cost me $8,000 on an Uber or a taxi. Yeah, something like that. Uh, last one from uh, listener Dan in Waterville, Ohio. And he says, Ben and Danny G. He says, uh, when the Browns make to the make it to the Super Bowl this year, are you planning on traveling to Ohio to meet up with Dick from Dayton? Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, let me let me check my calendar there. Uh, yeah, that'll be the 367th day of the year. I think we will do that. Is 367? Can't say 366 because there is a 366 sometimes, but uh, yeah, I think we're. Yeah. You're talking about a leap year? Yeah, yeah. Is next year year a leap year? Is next year? I think it might be every four years, right? But you know what? He said Dick from Dayton. Who's that? Does he mean the great Dick in Dayton? Oh, that's That's right. Yeah, the the Dickster. The great Dick. Yeah, make sure you put the Dick in. He said what now? 
Hello. All right. That's uh, you learned that in sex ed. All right. We'll get out on that note. Anything, Danny, I'll be back tonight on the powerful microphones of FSR. We'll make my triumphant return to save the overnight audio listener. And I'll do live radio and I have no vacations planned the rest of the year. Something I'm sure will pop up at some point. I might take a day or two here and there. Uh, but nothing is on the schedule. As far as I know, I will be here every single day the rest of the year as we're in J- July now. And I'll be doing a live show, even though it's the holiday for the you know the company, I believe is tonight. Uh, but I'll be here. And uh, so there you go. What would be so awesome is if you just take one more day off and Arnie Spanier fills in for you. Oh, he's voice comes. <laughs> Mallard Militia. I did see Arnie's name on the schedule. So I think Arnie will be in, not for me, but for some other people this week. So Uh, it should be a fun week at the network. Um, I have the third and the fourth off with CNR, but then we're going to do the Dan Patrick hat trick on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. Dan taking some time off. Are the Danettes going to be there? No, no. Uh, You'll be a Danette, I guess. Wrong. All right. Well, that'll be cool. Uh, we will. More money, 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 money. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday, and we will catch you. I'll be on the radio tonight. If you don't hear it live, the podcast on demand, uh, just like this podcast, available whenever you want. The radio show will be podcast. If you're not going to be up late tonight, you can hear it at your convenience, and we'll talk to you next time. Later, skater. Hey, hey, hey. Before oh. I let you go. Of the way we were. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Garcia. Scattered pictures <laughs> of the smiles we left behind. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? 
facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.